0: Hey, you. How's it going? How are you feeling tonight? What are you wearing? You know what? I'm just trying to tell you that this podcast is going to be three videos, three separate videos put together. And they're all movies that are like the Scream franchise. They don't have to be like it. They're not as good as Scream. Nothing's as good as Scream. Nothing else is any sort of Sharon Stone. But these are three different reviews of movies that are like Scream that were inspired by Scream that use the Scream formula. You get the idea and uh i hope you guys enjoy this and if you would hey rate this podcast wherever you listen to it cuz that helps us grow and uh if you know anything about me i like to grow in my in my soul and my dick hey guys welcome back to we watch movie i am mike and with all the scream 6 goodness going around i thought hey what better time to revisit some of the almost youth adult novel 1996 scream inspired movies, if you will, that are out there. There's plenty of them. There is this one, Cherry Falls, which I've never seen. And oh my God, is it a trip? There's Dead Man's Curve. There's some movies like that. So, uh, Soul Survivors, some just weird Scream inspired the VR Troopers movies to the Power Rangers. Uh, obviously there's, I know what you did last summer, but more movies like that, the Urban Legends, things like that. There's a ton of them I have actually haven't seen, which is weird for me being Scream being maybe my favorite horror movie of all time. So I'm going to take a look at some of those, and I had to start with Cherry Falls, and oh my God, what a weird movie. This is like... This is like an alternate universe horny scream, (laughs) whatever the hell's going on with this. So if you want to see this review and all the reviews like it and all the scream updates and stuff like that, please do me a favor, click the subscribe button and uh, the bell as well, and that way your computer or what have you, your phone, if you're not old like me, will tell you what's going on and when we put up those videos. So with that being said, Cherry Falls is a movie that came out in the dark year of our Lord 2000, four years after Scream this movie came out, and it is just Oh my God, it's Cruel Intentions mixed with Scream, mixed with Wes Craven's Cursed, because you can tell just the production was also cursed on this one. There's just some wild, wild stuff in this movie. And let me just say, it is broken. It is broken from top to bottom. And let me just also say that I love it from top to bottom, because what they get right in this movie is the dialogue, the that weird 90s, early 2000s high school feeling vibe, it gives you some of the Scream vibes that you got from Scream, just in a package that's not all that great, that's that's just broken to shit, and we'll get into all of exactly why, but starting with the plot of the movie, the plot on IODB simply just says that in the small town of Cherry Falls, a psychotic murderer is killing off the virgins of the local high school, that's the twist on this one, is that this killer, who shows up looking like a roadie for Alice Cooper mixed with the character from Malignant, just running around with their their long hair mixed with gray and black, covering their face entirely. So there's almost a Samara, the ring type thing going on, running around with various tools, and like red fingernail polish, but also super manly fingers. Like you can see, their fingers look like you know old man Crispin's fingers. Uh, they might as well be Clint Eastwood's fingers, for all intents and purposes. But just running around killing people wearing high heels—it's strange because there's the killers so violent. You can tell it's. It seems like it's it's a man just in the way its mannerisms are, and again, salad fingers. But the twist is they're killing only virgins. So literally every person who dies in this town's versions and what happens with that is once the town finds out that the killer's only killing versions, all of the teenagers in this scream like Woodsboro like high school in Cherry Falls decide to start fucking. They literally create a party at this like gigantic warehouse type space where they're bringing their own beds and they're all just going to bang it out in this hotel all the versions to keep themselves from by getting killed from from this killer and they literally have lines in the movie like it's the hymen holocaust you gotta be there at one point someone said holy hymen batman (laughs) principal when told that the killer is only killing high school versions (laughs) looks at the sheriff played by michael bean looks directly at michael bean and, and says to him if word gets out about this, we're going to have a goddamn fuck fest on our hands. <laughs> so that's what you're in for. And it literally happens. There's a gigantic orgy. All the kids are just so horny and excited about it. It's the last day of school. Meanwhile, this killer's going about, and you don't know who they are. You don't know what their motive is. It's slowly unveiled to you, very much scream ish style and that is Cherry Falls. But in case you're not familiar with it, this isn't some run-of-the-mill, low-budget, generic slasher. This had the goods behind it. It cost $14 million to make, directed by Jeffrey Wright. Let me list to you the cast in this movie. It's gonna blow your frickin' 1990s mind. Brittany Murphy is the lead, and she was actually really good in the film. Like, honestly, like, no joke, she was good. I missed all the badness in it. Jay Moore is in the movie as a teacher. Michael Bean's in the movie as a sheriff. A lot to say about that later on. Jesse Bradford, you know, the dude from Swim Fan, in this movie as well. Gabriel Mann is in this movie as, like, the Billy Loomis-type character with the crazy, wild, cool hair. And I genuinely no shit thought it was Michael Rosenbaum the entire film until I looked it up afterwards. I mean, look at him! And no shit, legitimately. Like, if you're, if you're a fan of the, like, the 90s era movies and stuff, watching this movie, even the people who you can't really pick out, you'll just see their face and go, I know that fucking guy. There's so many parallels to scream to the, in this movie. I've almost never seen a movie, even more so than I know what you did last summer. This movie is, is definitely in the wake of Scream, maybe like no other movie I've ever seen. It has an opening kill just like Scream and then the movie comes on. You've got the main the, the main Sydney-type character and Brittany Murphy. You've got her too-cool-for-school boyfriend. There was a very stew like character in this character named Tibby who I just thought was going to be the stew of the movie. I think he's meant to be. He's wild, crazy, over-the-top and like super, in this version of it, he's like super sexual and stuff like that because it just fits in the movie. But that's totally meant to be the stew character. The pan-down shots of the high school after the murder and, and people coming up to Brittany Murphy. Like, oh my God, you didn't hear the class. Jay Mowers plays a plays a English professor talking to the students about it, the way the students react about it. They quip. The only thing is there's no meta stuff. They don't really talk about other horror movies, but just the students' reaction, the cold, mean reaction that they have, the obsession they all have with banging each other. It's so fucking scream everyone's a suspect i've never seen anything like it and that's where the movie's enjoyable is in the teenage interactions even though they're strange and weird and quirky and just like it almost feels like you told a chat gpt to make a scream movie or aliens try to make their own version of a scream movie it's off and strange and weird Like, but at the same time, it is so fucking spot on in so many ways. So if you're a huge, huge Scream fan, you will get a kick out of watching this movie and enjoy it. Is it good? Nah, really. Not really in the overall bearing sense of the world. The problem is the horror is awful. The horror is just pure rotten garbage juice trash. So they got the comedy. They got the characters They got that vibe right, but the horror is just way off. First off, every time there's a kill or an action scene, all of a sudden it turns into one of those like, super techno-type things. Like, you know the, the things that would play on DVDs Was like, you wouldn't steal a car. Criminals doing shit. And it's like, so why would you steal a movie? It feels like that. The camera gets super shaky and everything gets blurry and it's just a close-up of a girl's mouth going, ah, while they're getting stabbed or whatever's happening to them. It's hard to even make it out. There are a couple okay chase scenes in it. Like I said before, the killer is pretty violent with its victims, So with their victims. So it's it's pretty... That's pretty entertaining, but like, yeah, it just turns into a fucking prodigy music video, like smack my bitch up on acid every time any sort of action scene happens, and it's just difficult to even follow what's going on. Those scenes are terrible. It's just such bad camera work. Talking about strange things, there is some weird-ass mustard fuck shit going on in this movie. First off, with the parents. The parents are Brittany Murphy's character, and by the way, she's super awesome in this movie, once again. She's super, like, kind of, like, goth and, like, spazzy and cool. She looks like she could take over as Link's secret for garbage any day of the week. Uh, I loved her character in this movie. She was great. And her mom, paid by Candy Clark, is just super fucking weird i don't know what her deal is but she acts like like eminem's mom in eight mile like i made you pancakes like she's just weird man i don't know what's going on with her the first time she pulls up in the car she like bums a cigarette off kenny and he's like they are looking at each other like they've totally been fucking it's just so strange she's like you got a light cigarettes will kill me they're so bad for me like bad boys like not that's very not verbatim but it's Awkward, and the weirdest part about the whole movie is the parents. By the way, so like I mentioned, Michael Bean's the sheriff, and he's her dad. And I, I'll I'll just, I'll, I'll come right and say this: Look, I met Michael Bean once, and he was a huge jerk to me for no good reason whatsoever. And so I have no qualms with saying this. I'm not saying this because of that, but he's awful in this movie. Like you would think, Michael Bean. I love a lot of his work: Terminator, Aliens, Tombstone. He, he's a great actor or has a capability to be a great actor he did not want to fucking be there he did not want to be there any more than he wanted to be talking to me that fucking day virgins <laughs> Nearly have I seen an actor more checked out than Michael Bean was on this movie this was a film that was meant to pay the old gas bill but the parents with her first off Parents kiss their kids on the lips all the time. No big deal. Not weird at all, in my opinion. It's sometimes weird when you see it on TV or something, but lots of parents kiss their kids on the lips, even when they're grown. That's not that strange but the way they do it in this movie first off the mom kisses her on the lips and then the next thing you know the dad and her are doing like taekwondo or some shit and they do that weird awkward Joss Whedon fall down thing where the dad falls on Michael Bean falls on top of Brittany Murphy and like lands on her chest and they like stare at each other for a minute and I'm like what the Bates Motel fuck are they about to make out and I'm thinking that's just me I'm just being immature and then there's another scene later on where she the girl Brittany Murphy comes home and the mom is sitting there like making pancakes and drinking brandy it's a very nightmare on elm street situation with a drunk mom with with a lot of guilt on her mind and she comes in and like she kisses on the lips once and then a second time and then i mean i swear to god it's like she's chasing Brittany murphy around the kitchen trying to make out with her i don't know what's going on in this movie there's several scenes like that between the dad and her and her and her and when the dad at one point comes to a room and he asks her if is she's a virgin and she says yes and he looks disappointed because obviously the killer's killing you know virgins she's like are you disappointed in me and i'm like what the fuck it's so weird i don't know maybe i'm looking too deep into it did anybody else see this movie and get super strange parent vibes from them she was like eskimo kissing like with her tongue out it was just whoa as keanu reeves would say whoa But just a whole lot of strange stuff like that, strange editing, almost very Halloween sixes with the editing. Some edits made no sense. We jump from one scene to another. (laughs) Then there's over the top sequences, like when the sheriff tells the the PTA meeting of parents that, hey, the killer looks like he's killing virgins. And then everybody gets in a fistfight and there's like a Royal Rumble, Detroit Pistons versus the Indiana Pacers, Malice in the Palace type situation comes out where they all start fighting and like fist fighting in the middle of the gymnasium while Michael Bean's character just sits there and goes and does nothing about it because he's apparently as bad as a sheriff as he is an actor in this movie and then and then there's the sex stuff that actually happens in this movie. Like, the first two scenes of the movie are just overly long, make-out, loud-kissing car scenes. Everyone's obsessed with banging in the movie. And there's a lot of cruel intentions, this clever dialogue that's going on, albeit sort of broken like most of this movie is. But you you get the picture about sex. There's one girl who's banged everybody, and she's teaching the other girls. uh She's standing on a picnic table telling the other girls how it's going to be. Just like, look, forget about an orgasm. It's not going to happen. It's going to last about ten seconds. And, like... All this crazy stuff going on with that. When everybody decides they're going to go to this party and fuck so that the killer can't kill them, which is a batshit premise to begin with. I kind of love it. I absolutely love it. It's fantastic. But if you look back at the 90s, we did weirdly sexualize high schoolers. But anyways, the sex stuff is just so strange. Like, So at the end of the day, when all the students decide they're going to be there, it kind of reminds me of when they had the... The giant party because of the curfew in Scream where everybody's like excited and partying and Youth of America's playing. Only they're going there specifically to fuck. And it's like a warehouse type place. And they show it too. Like there's these kids at this weird rave and they're all like dancing and then they start making out. And then all of a sudden a chase with a killer leads to this house and they're in there. They be fucking. Like they're all in there. The whole house is just full of just teens just fucking fucking and that's probably why the movie got an NC-17 was only released in the states or I don't know if it got an NC-17 but it was chopped up so bad that it ended up having to be released on the USA networks in the US it never got a full theatrical US release despite them spending 14 million dollars on it they, they cut out a lot of the breasts and stuff like that so it's not like super gratuitous but it's just even though you can't really see anything going on for the most part it's just a whole house like a Walmart during a tornado shelter while everyone's just fucking on top of each other. It's it's wild. It's like the Joker released gas in, in there, only it made him fuck instead of smile. The students are cheering at one point, Hail, hail, Huntington Eye, drop your pants, it's fuck or die! <laughs> I think we should definitely put that on a t-shirt. There's a weird sex scene involving Brittany Murphy and Gabriel Mann where she, she like, takes her power back, I guess, or whatever, because he's been trying to get her to fuck this whole time. She puts her – they're rubbing each other's feet, and she puts her toe in his mouth, and she's like, bite it! And he's like, what? And she's like, bite it harder! And she's like – he's biting her toe, and then she's, she's hitting him in the face with her other foot, and he's like, what the fuck? I just – weirdness why was that so hot i don't know mike just absolute insanity and it's fun it's entertaining it gets the people going as far as the mystery stuff goes there is a pretty neat sort of reveal they don't actually go through the whole well no they do kind of go through the whole motive thing yeah it's screamish in that way too but there's a very nightmare on elm street type of storyline running through this as well i won't spoil it in case you haven't seen it but the killer reveal Oh my God. I would say you won't expect it, but given how this movie is, I kind of expected it just because everything else is so crazy. Not that bad of a, of a, of a guess who mystery reveal though, but the way they do it is just fucking wily, man. And then the final fight scene that just takes place, again, horrendously shot, but somehow awfully entertaining. I, I, I can't even begin to explain to you the lead the the actor who takes this role and choose the fuck out of the scenery when they reveal themselves as the killer and how that story ties in and i'm just gonna say what the fuck sloppy fourths that's disgusting by the way um for that one person story if you've watched the movie and you know what i'm talking about sloppy thirds or fourths uh, i knew what i was doing oh and then the killer reveal, it's just, it's just so over the top in like Strangeland. You remember D. Snyder's Strangeland? It's like that mixed with Scream, mixed with Malignant somehow. Uh, weird, terribly shot, but fucking endlessly entertaining. If you're a Scream fan and you – this is a movie to have drinks with your friends. Watch and have a blast. I'm going to give Cherry Falls a 7 out of 10 just for t- getting so close to that Scream vibe. But also just being goddamn ballsy and hilarious. Again, 7 out of 10 for a movie that I will not say is good if you are not a hardcore Scream fan who's just looking to have a few drinks and a good time. But it's worthy enough of a 7 for me. I'm glad I shit to have watched it. I will definitely rewatch and show Trey Falls to others. It's hard to find. You're going to have to do some work to find it. But it's out there. Hey guys, welcome back to We Watch Movie, I am Mike, thanks for taking a minute of your day to spend it with me today, and we are continuing to go back into the 90s and watch the movies that were influenced by Scream, there's a shocking amount of them I have not seen, which is weird, but one of them is The Curve, we just did Cherry Falls a couple weeks ago, check that out, put that at the end of this video, but The Curve, Dead Man's Curve, it was titled Dead Man's Curve before, but that same year, Dead Man on Campus, which actually ties into the same story about the urban myth that if your roommate commits suicide while you're in college, you get a 4.0 for the rest of the semester. Both movies are kind of about the same thing, so it's understandable why they changed the name, but now that both names are out there, it just makes the whole thing confusing, even to this day. If you look it up on IMDb, you got to look it up under Dead Man's Curve, but if you want to rent it or buy it on Voodoo, you got to look it up under The Curve. And it's also a cologne, so that's a little tiny microcosm of why this movie is not more successful but this movie sits with a zero percent a fucking zero not a fucking 10 a fucking zero percent on rotten tomatoes and i think after watching it for the first time i fell in love with this movie i think that this may be the greatest zero percent on rotten tomatoes of all time And I'd love to know if you guys know any zero percents that you think are better. Please comment them down below because that's a fascinating idea to me. That a movie that I can enjoy this much is actually sitting at a zero percent. Now, there's only like eight reviews or something like that on there. Again, it's a movie that just kind of went away like a soft fart in the night. You know, one of those ones that didn't smell nor make a sound. That's kind of what happened in this movie and I don't know why because it is so good if you love Scream movie vibes it falls apart but we'll get to why first off number one thing if you're a stew fan if you're a fan of stew this is like unearthing a surprise scream sequel focused on stew nugget from the bottom of the weird flea market in texas you dust it off and you go huh what's this piece of shit and then you put it in your vcr and you are blown away it is it is a lost piece of movie history for stew fans because matthew lillard plays a character named tim in this natalie's dead well, that's clearly unfortunate. Think you can solve the mystery? What happened that night at the town? What did you do with Rand's body? You don't have to answer them, buddy. Spot the lies. Absolutely not a knock on Matthew Lillard's acting because this is exactly what they wanted him for. You get the idea. That's what they wanted in this film. And the character just works. But he is stew in this movie. This is fucking stew, a thousand percent across the board. It's just, it's just like watching the same exact character down from the way he dresses to the way he acts. If, if Stu was, if you knew he was the killer the whole time and he was just a really manipulating dick, then you can understand how this could literally be Stu. Besides, it takes a man to do something like that. And he's the focus of the movie. So the whole idea of the movie is, and it starts out with these amazing camera shots that just like zoom slowly in and out. The direction's great. It's directed by Dan Rosen, who unfortunately only did one movie after this, which is disappointing because the direction itself was something I loved from the camera work all the way down to just the weird feel of the movie. It had the 90s teen angst, darkness down there was just something weird about high schoolers and college kids back in this time that there was like a darkness to us teen angst meant something completely different and that's part of the reason why movies like like scream and stuff did so well there's a movie called super dark times that came out a few years ago that you could probably find on netflix or somewhere that kind of captures that strange murder vibe that was like the 90s and early 2000s if you were in middle school or high school around those times but anyway i'm getting off topic it focuses on this small group of students who really want to go to grad school at harvard there's matthew lillard's character tim who's kind of the stew character of the group there is uh, michael vartan's character chris who's like the straight lay super serious one who really just like has to get into college so badly that he can't even get it up because he's always thinking about harvard there's his girlfriend played by carrie russell emma who looks just like dizzy from starship troopers in this movie it's weird and they all hang out next to this this gigantic cliff where kids you know smoke weed and drink beer and, and talk about things like getting into Harvard or maybe killing your roommate. And the movie opens up with that whole idea. It's this bit from a comedian that you can hear playing. And it's like, did you know that if your roommate commits suicide, you get a 4.0 for the rest of the semester? And that kind of informs everything that's going on and the movie doesn't exactly like lay it out and tell you what's going on you just see Matthew Lillard and Michael Vartan walking through a store picking up like cure CDs and shit like that and picking up all this stuff and talking about their plans and how they're going to do it and then you hear a character talking to his therapist who weirdly the entire movie is just the strangest character of the movie as she comes and goes throughout the plot she's just in very uncomfortable moments like talking about suicide or talking about the death of someone she's just like sucking on a Twizzler and looking People weird. I don't get it. You'll notice that with several characters in this, they all, even the tiny characters, have their strange personality quirks. Like the detective, played by the great Bo Deedle, is just like constantly smoking this cigar and like screaming at people it's like you fucking smart ass college kids some characters are really over the top there's a security guard that'll remind you of yabang bang guy from fucking jason lives of all things he comes into these kids and they're all like smoking weed and, and, and hang out and he's like all right now let me read you this i am a security guard that in no means can halt your progress lay fingers on you or otherwise detain you basically this just means i'm a cop and he carries nunchucks really over the top strange character for the movie it all has this tinge of awfulness underneath it and it's in the characters and the way that they present themselves to each other mainly stew's character he's so twisted and mean in this movie the things that he does whether it's telling a, a a friend that to get his girlfriend back he has to go and get his house and fill it full of flowers and rose petals and lights and candles and all this stuff hitting on his girlfriend bringing her back telling her he did it and having her give him head while he's waiting to pop out for her in the closet and then just staring at him while it's happening. Those are the kind of fucked up things that that Tim, I keep wanting to call him Stu because he's so goddamn Stu, does. And throughout the film, there's detectives trying to figure out what's going on. There's, there's other things happening. There's them trying to get away with this whole murder. And it just kind of floats in the sea of these things happening. It's It's not like a direct plot in a sense. And then at the end, everything comes to light and there's... It all kind of falls apart in the end. De- definitely the, with the twist, it was pretty predictable. And then they do another twist. And then it's just like kind of, they, it's just like, it's kind of like an M. Night Shyamalan movie with a bad twist in a way, but it's not horrible. It's not like it was all a dream or any bullshit like that. They do a twist that it happens. It's just kind of, oh, yeah, that didn't really work, but the whole vibe of the movie is a total win for fans of Scream, for fans of nineties, like teen young adult horror if you can even put it that way, it's just a fucking banger of a movie when it comes to that stuff. As a movie overall, it's not perfect by any means. No, but this got this just vibe to it. I don't know how else to explain it. This nails that vibe. And they know exactly how to use Matthew Lillard. They set him up in so many ways with so many great monologues throughout the film, whether he's being funny, whether he's being a huge dick, whether he's being twisted and like holding a gun to his head and and scream crying. He is so fucked up that this is one of his best performances there's no doubt about it he is all over the place in this movie and they really let him shine there's there's one point where he tells this fucked up story about his friend uh right in front of his girlfriend who just lost him and is sitting there crying and he tells this really long quentin tarantino-esque monologue about I, I'll, I'll leave it for the movie but it involves this hooker and the way he's talking about it, he's like there's this fat toothless whore and she's standing there taking the picture of the girls crying and he just keeps going as he's speaking slowly the camera gets closer to his face and the music just quaintly fades away and the background goes dark and then it's just focus. It's like you're watching a play in a sense. And they just let Lillard go off the chain. And I just I cannot believe that it's a performance that's as unappreciated as it is. It's right there between Scream and SLC Punk uh, and, and Lillard's absolute heyday. And it is a performance that reminds you of both Stu and Scream and in other parts of his character in SLC Punk. It's a fucking Masterclass in acting as far as i'm concerned i don't care you could say oh, what a 90s teen angst whatever come on man look acting's acting and he fucking crushes this role i cannot believe that more people don't know about this i cannot believe i didn't know about it there are so many matthew lillard monologue off the cuff going wild my mom and dad are so mad at me get it up baby moments there's one moment where he's holding a rock up and there's this person like down below him and he's like hey Should I smash his head with rock? That'd be cool, yeah! And it's just so fucking stew going nuts. It's like a stew fucking... Expansion pack on Scream. The music is just absolutely perfect for that time. Uh, the the settings are perfect. It's all man. It's a blast from the past. And if you're a Scream fan, I know what you did last summer. Fan. If you're a fan of this sub sub genre, you got to see this movie. It is absolutely required viewing. There's not a lot of violence. It's not a slasher, but. It's, it's almost emotionally horrific in some ways. It's definitely more of a drama. It's more towards a Cruel Intentions type movie than a Scream movie, but it's it just nails that. It just nails it. I don't know how else to say it, guys. I For me, the curve, Dead Man's Curve, however you want to put it, my personal rating for the movie, I enjoyed it on a level of like an 8.5. As a movie, it's more like a 6.5 or a seven. But as a ridiculous scream and fan of this time period and fan of the 90s, it is an 8.5 for me. So that's going to be my scores, an 8.5. I just thought that the twist was really cheap and sort of corny. And just it it really felt like with 15 minutes left to go in this movie, they kind of just handed it all off to somebody else. I'm like, I got a thing, man. I got Allman Brothers tickets. I got to go. And it just the end of the movie felt like it was directed by somebody else entirely. But uh, I totally recommend The Curve. you got to fucking watch it. You got to do it. Please watch the report back to me. And also, if you want somebody to watch it with, I just filmed. I watched it a second time. Uh, in, in a week if that tells you anything but I watched it and I recorded a full commentary for it that is on the Patreon as we speak right now so if you have seen it before and you want to watch it again or you want to watch it the first time to watch with someone it is in the link down below in our Patreon you can check that out as well as almost a hundred other movie commentaries and good times Hey guys welcome back to We Watch the Movie I Am Mike and today we're talking about 2009's Sorority Row now this is the show where we call it Just Like Scream but it's a little bit misleading because some of these movies are not just like scream because let's face it baby they're no Sharon stone so it doesn't mean they're on the quality level of a scream it just means that they have some of the same manuals they were at least inspired by scream and then we take a look at them on a case-by-case basis and kind of pick them apart this one's not great it's not amazing but that doesn't mean it's not without some good time dannys and it's newly recently added to hbo max so i figured what the hey why not let's stick a finger in it now, first off, this is based on a remake of The House on Sorority Row that came out forever ago, so technically you could say it's not, but I mean, when you watch the movie, you can clearly, clearly see the scream-isms in there. It's directed by Stuart Hindler, and it's written by Josh Stolberg, who is one of the writers on Saw movies like Spiral and Jigsaw. Oh. And Piranha 3D. Ha <laughs> ha. And in the movie, a group of sorority sisters go to do this terrible prank on their friend. It goes horribly wrong. Everything goes to shit, and then all of a sudden they start getting stalked by someone who's referencing I Know What You Did Last Summer. Literally. It stars Brianna Evigan, Rumor Willis, and Carrie Fisher is in this movie as like the den mother of this sorority house. I'm not really sure what purpose she has, but she's just kind of there, and she's a stiffler, and she's like, I'm watching you bitches. And then at the end of the movie, she shows up with a shotgun. They're like, hey, who knew she was so badass? And she has some good one-liners. of just seems like they were like, hey, Carrie Fisher will do this movie. And you're not going to not put Carrie Fisher in the movie. not going to not get Randy Jackson's autograph on a katana sword and I never saw this movie before again it came out in 2009 this was right around the time of the Platinum Dunes movies hitting it off pretty good you had uh, you know the Nightmare on Elm Street in 2010 just a year later and this looks just like one of those films it's actually really pretty to look at but also just sort of fake and cheap at the same time it's well filmed it's bright and shiny but you kind of just know that it has no soul now that could be said for a lot of things about this movie but specifically the look of it like at first glance you're like oh Oh, that's nice the little jj abrams like lens flare over here in the corner what's that and then like there's cgi fire or blood and you go oh if you look deeper don't and the first thing you notice there's this awesome tracking shot that opens up the movie and it goes through this gigantic sorority party and it's like this it's like the the party from social network when the girls are like making out and all this stuff on like speed on meth really the trashier drug it just pans through this house and you're following different people and it's an impressive shot but it's just the most unrealistic sorority party in the history of the world and this entire movie is this college experience is like college the college experience for like the one percent it's like i went to college where Coachella. Who out there writing this thinks that that's what college is like? Seriously. I once slept with a girl at her college dorm, right? And and we couldn't in her room because, the, you know, ch- actual dorms are the size of, like, children's Nikes shoe shoeboxes. So we go to the bathroom. But wait, first we had to stop by the vending machine and buy some unlubricated condoms, because that's all they had in there. And while we're in the bathroom, I swear to God, I saw a roach motel. That is what the college experience is like. Not like this, Richard. Not like this. The acting from these girls as we're introduced to them is exactly how you would expect it to be. The more entertaining ones are the bitchy, mean girls type ones for sure. And then you've got the one who's like, I'm not sure we should do this. And like, she's supposed to be the good hearted one and she's the one that you follow. But at the same time, you're like, it's just boring because you're just as culpable as they are. These are your best friends. You're using them to get what you want. Just the same. Don't pull the wool over my face, lady. You're no saint. I saw what you did last summer literally once you're introduced to the girls we kind of go to the first set piece of the movie and it's actually off to a pretty damn good start they're trying to play a prank on their friend by pretending that he roofied this girl and then they she starts like to cough up stuff and like fake vomits and she they pretend that she died from the roofie because he was gonna roofie her and then film himself having sex with her for her friends and they were gonna watch it because that's just how fucked up the people in this movie are and then she fake dies and they're just trying to play a prank on him so they're like we're gonna take him out to the middle of nowhere and, and dump her in this hole and he's like oh my god what are we gonna do it was an accident they're out there and he's crying and freaking out and they're like hey Everybody go try to find uh, some sharp rocks to dismember the body with. And I'm like, who the fuck wrote that line? How do you dismember a body with sharp rocks? What do you, Leto on peyote? What the fuck? But anyways, they fan out to find the sharp rocks to pretend to dismember this girl. And she's filming it on her phone pretending to be dead. Because again, it's all a prank. Maybe the meanest fucking prank in the history of YouTube, but whatever. And meanwhile, a huge shock happens. The guy who's freaking out and the prank's being played on and think he's kill- thinks he's killed this girl or taken part in it goes to get a tire iron because they said something dumb as fuck along the lines of well, we have to cut her up because if not, the air in her lungs will make her float to the top and we don't want her floating to the top, do we? So as they're looking for rocks and talking amongst themselves about butt stuff or whatever he just goes and grabs the tire iron runs over to her and impales her in the fucking chest with it and literally kills her and they're all like, whoa, what the fuck? No! Oh, shit! <laughs> What'd you do? <laughs> and then he's like, "Well, she I got the air out of her. What do you want?" What what she's it's fine." I was like, "Oh my god, she wasn't fucking dead." And that's kind of the movie And then they actually have to go through with this. And what a it was a really good opening. Like, I did not expect the movie to be that good in the opening. Yeah, you know, you can see your your players and your characters and you know what to expect. But that was actually shocking and kind of, you know, just off-putting a little bit in a good way. Where you're like, oh, I did not see that coming. So then we fast forward and this guy in a cloak using a tire iron with like knives and shit on each four... Spicket's uh is is showing up he's sending them texts like literally i know what you did type of crap and like sitting in the bloody jacket of the girl and all this stuff like that and he's messing with them and he's killing them off one by one and they got to figure out who it is and that's sorority row and it's a movie that really champions its shittiness like its darkness like in its characters really fucked up characters these girls it kind of champions how they're like oh yeah i have sex with seven dudes a day and i'm addicted to drugs and i have to fuck my therapist to get them kind of shit and then it are like we'll show a party and it's like oh isn't this cool people are fucking in hot tubs and like this girl's puking and this guy's a piece of shit and they like kind of like put this seasoning on it like aren't you supposed to think that's cool and like I don't think I do, mate. I don't know why that was Australian. I just watched Wolf Creek last night. We'll get into that another day. Like, then the movie's got those classic slasher tropes. There's a bunch of nudity, a bunch of stuff like that. There's one point where a girl's like, they're like, you know the rules. You got to drop your top and walk all the way back to your room. She's like, if you wanted to see perfect tits, you could have just asked and drops it and they just show her boobs and then she storms off. There's a bunch of stuff like that in the movie, which is like classic kind of old school slasher fare. And the humor sometimes works. Sometimes it's weird, like the girl who has to fuck her therapist to get pills. I'm like, that's actually really. Sad, but then sometimes the mean humor of it all is actually really funny. Like when a character dies and everybody just makes jokes about it because they're all actually like very skin deep, terrible, awful people. And at some point, they just start to own it and they're like, "Oh, fuck that bitch, she sucked anyways." Once the kills do start, they are there are a couple that are done really well that I was impressed with. There's a wine bottle kill specifically that happens in the middle of the movie. It's one of the first ones that happens and it got me really good. I literally went, "Oh shit!" It snapped me out of my shitty movie coma like that. It was a really interesting... Original. Now, maybe it's happened before. I don't know, but it felt original to me. The way it was shot, it was actually a kind of a shocking jump scare and it was mean. It's just a really good kill. For a movie that most of the kills weren't very good, there were the CGI blood was there. There are a lot of, you know, there's a couple tire irons that go into someone's mouth, but it just feels so fake. It doesn't really do anything for you. There's one funny kill where a guy's trying to escape and he's like gets into like a laundry hamper and he dies upside down with his blood like flying all over him. That was pretty good. But other than that, a couple really good setups. There's one where where the bubble machine goes crazy at this party that overflows and like you can't see anything on the ground and a couple really cool setups for some nice surprises, but they don't really utilize it in anything cool, in my opinion. Off of that, the scream type stuff is just so uninspired, like as far as like the stalking and the texting and things like that. I mean, if you're going to go this far, might as well just have the dude call him on the phone and give him a ghost face rip voice, because what they're doing here is just completely uninspired. There's nothing interesting about it. I could not give a shit less. I was like, let's find out either kill someone or show me who the killer is. Let's go. Well, like it's actually not a terrible setup. He's, he's got that cloak on, and it is the graduation cloak, so that makes sense. The tire iron's really stupid. It's like uh, the one of the first kills that they do. He like launches it and like flies across the room like a goddamn tire iron ninja star and sticks in someone's head. And you're like, okay, if this is not like a professional killer, this is not going to make sense at all. in The end, and it's not, and it doesn't. And the last act just goes off the rails completely. Like they try to twist and turn you and twist and turn you, and it's not necessarily a non-spoiler review, but I'm not gonna say it just because it's just kind of pointless it's not great i'll say that watch for yourself if you want to but it's not great it's the kind of movie that you can totally watch while like playing on your phone and look up every once in a while and go boobs or like haha death scene but as far as like watching it when you pay attention to it that third act is really just gonna drag you down they just try to go through twist after twist and you don't really care and there's a bunch of monologue and the whole house feels a sweet CGI fire and the characters are standing around like with fire everywhere and the smoke isn't bothering them whatsoever they just stand there and have conversations it's so stupid it's not even well thought out whatsoever and ultimately the killer reveal is really fucking dumb like I guess it checks out for uh, as you watch the movies like oh I guess it's not this person, oh, I guess it's not this person. Oh, maybe it's no, it's not them. They just died. But when it's finally revealed, like it makes sense, but also it doesn't, because you're like, that that person wouldn't have fucking done that. There's no way that person for no reason at all would have done this just to protect you. Like this makes why would they do that? Why would they do that? They wouldn't do that. I see I understand the motive. And the motive said to me, and it checks out on paper. But when you see the character, how they act, how they are as a person, them explaining why they did it, you're like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. No, you fucking didn't. So I thought it was a pretty bad reveal, even if it did kind of make sense as far as who and what and why. So yeah, if you're in the mood for a pretty, booby-filled, bloody mid-2000s party slasher that unabashedly takes from Scream in the simplest of ways that you can watch while playing on your phone, Sorority Row can be a pretty good time. But if you pay attention to it, you're going to come away feeling very, very numb inside and, and, and a little stupider. Kind of like watching the show, probably. I give Sorority Row a 5.5 out of 10 I, when it washes away from my soul. After I loofa my soul out from it for a little bit. I'm going to go back and watch the original House on Sorority Row. But what did you guys think of Sorority Row? And also, please comment down below. What, like, scream movies would you like to see be a part of this series next? I love your fucking faces. And I hope you guys have an amazing day. Halloween never ends, suck my fucking dick, and I don't really care, what well, Blumhouse fucking says, put him in a box, for suck a fucking cock, you can say he's dead, but we all know he's not, yeah. So let's go trick-or-treating, let's go fucking drinking, let's all go in pumpkin head on VHS, cause Halloween never ends, Halloween never ends, Halloween never ends, yeah.